Well, y'all, welcome to She Gets It podcast. I got a good show for y'all. You know what I'm saying? I got the Hard Luck Show. I did a show with them a few months ago, and they're here. They're not here physically in Georgia, but they're in Cali, giving me some Cali swag today. So welcome yeah. to She Gets It. Yeah. yeah, we got some Georgia swag over here. Georgia. Yes. Yes. I think, I think we have similar heat right now because it's hot as shit in Georgia. It's like 90 degree type weather in Georgia. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. That's hot. But you got you got 90, but you got it with humidity, right? Yes. And that's worse. That's a whole different story. Yeah. I'd say something. I actually like humidity. That doesn't trip me out at yeah. all. Florida, I love tropical. I love down south hot humidity. I swear to God, I did. Don't bother me at all. I am not one. And 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 if it's 110 in Arizona, oh, and this dry heat, I just give them one of these chops to the throat. I'm like 110 is 110. I don't care if it's wet or dry. It's hot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How y'all been? How y'all been since we last recorded? Um. How have you been, Big Lux? This, first of all, let me explain. My partner over here, my partner, my partner in in history, in history making, mm-hmm. the this legacy that is the Hard Luck Show is uh, Mr. Steve Lux Luciano. And for those people who are fans of the Chantel Show, she gets a little gleam in her eye every time she sees. Yeah. Uh, uh, come good. on, hey, my oh, life. Great. Huh? He's a he's a uh, Steve's a big guy, you know. He's uh, he's done some um, uh, postgraduate work in certain institutions. He's uh, got lots of tattoos. Oh, yeah, come on, bro. That's when you hear him talk like that. When he goes, oh boy, I mean, come on. That's that's he likes to play at home. <laughs> I blow. He likes to play at humble. I tell you, there's not. I mean, my I'm steady busy. We've been busy over here. I think. <laughs> You know, I, I got to say, it's the hard luck show, but it's really uh, a lot. It's really the Chumahan life, you know, in, in because there's <laughs> the boat so much. does a lot of the heavy lifting, but Chumahan also has, you know, he's always in the middle of some kind of like development and media stuff, or he's in court fighting trials. And then he's coming here. So it's like real high energy, important shit happening everywhere yeah. with, he comes and shares it so i think the per- in in pertinence to the show uh there's been a lot of things going on with chumahan there he's had his hands full and i think we've all been kind of busy sean included mm-hmm. so, we've been you know we've been all been pulling together and, and bringing what's going on with us into the show and uh you know we're figuring out different ways bringing on recurring guests that people have been uh asking for we've been taking a bit of account and interacting with our listeners on different shows that we're going to be doing coming up and yeah we've uh, we, and we've done a little bit of this with you but we're to get the cross right. a little bit you know which i love so the show's growing and you know i like making bonds with people in other states uh like you that are uh, opening up and holding spaces for discussions um, no matter what they be, but Im- important messages that need to be heard. So I commend you, and I'm glad that we're in alliance together. You know, we're, we're all working together, man. Coast to coast. Yeah. yeah. And 
correct podcast uh, nation. That's it. Well, I'll tell you what, um, our audience, uh, they love the Chantel show. Same over here. Everybody was like, oh, my God, congratulations. This is such a good show. I'm just like, good, good, good. I just pushed it. I pushed the shit out of that show. And Right. right. <laughs> oh. hey, you, you guys consuming cookies brand out there? Um, not so much cookies. The people that I know, they're into like gummies and um, things that look regular. But if you mm-hmm. know, you know, this is not regular. Yeah, yeah but uh, I'm talking about the brand cookies, the brand, the cannabis company. Oh. No, I, I haven't really seen them out here like that. Yeah, all right, good. I just wanted to know that. All right, all right, good. But what's your to... what's your relationship to cookies, Steve? Because I'm I'm working closely with them and Vibes, which is a very big rolling paper company. Mm-hmm. Uh, cookies is one of the biggest uh, cannabis brands in North America, and uh, we're very very large out here on the West Coast. And we're moving. We're opening a store in Miami. And I was curious if you were familiar with the brand or not. But if you're yeah. telling me you're not, then you know what's gonna happen, Chumahan. We're gonna get you, get you out. We're gonna get you out a package of some product of some. Oh, we're gonna take care of Chantal, right? Stuff. Yeah, oh, yeah. And you're gonna be. You're gonna spread the word for me out there, and I'm gonna take care of you. How's that sound? I got you. I got you. Yeah, people out here. People down here love food. Period. So if you That's... bring that down here, it'll it'll do hmm. perfect. What is that about the? Why? What is it? That captivates so many people, me and Chumahan included, with the food, the food down south. Like, what are you guys doing? And especially there, Atlanta, like in the um, food, it's it's made such. So you make guys make so much noise. Mm-hmm. Out of the mm-hmm. Whole area, man. What's going on over there with the food? Um, I would want to say there's a lot of opportunity. There's a lot of space. And um, people are always trying to figure out what what we don't have already. And it just it just booms and it takes just like a little bit of people to spread the word and it's done like slutty vegan popped up up here and it's just everywhere now. And people travel all over to come to slutty vegan. I'm just like, man, lines wrapped around the corner. So if you have like an idea and you want to push it, Atlanta is a good place to push it. How is vegan food doing in a place that is notoriously uh, meat centric with barbecue? Like, what's right. the what's excellent, the excellent? Yeah. Because people keep figuring out a way to do a healthy version of what is unhealthy, but it tastes like it's not healthy, and it's, right. it's really a good thing here. And people are eating it up. There's so many vegan restaurants here now. Right, right on. Well, that's a California. I mean. You know, in in California, uh, vegan restaurants is something that is on the regular. In fact, my wife, I took my wife to Crossroads last night, which is like a five star vegan restaurant. And dude, I went way off my eating I blew it fucking out. I'm actually, Chantal, I've actually been waiting this morning to hear what he did at this restaurant. This is an infamous 
probably one of the, the, the best vegan restaurants in Los Angeles. What did you do last night? Come on, tell us. I, first of all, went there, right, right and I purposely worked out yesterday mm. and ate minimally all day because mm-hmm. I knew you were about to consume. I was going to show up at the show. That's right. Right? <laughs> right? That's right. Hey. Come on. So, and my wife, she's vegan. We're both vegan. Yeah. Right. So we're rubbing our hands together and we're ready. We're already and hungry. She can put down a quarter of a horse, too. <laughs> Let's get it. Let's no hear. problem. Let's hear it. No problem, pal. Done deal. Okay. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> boom. Boom. Hey, and then you look at him boom. and go like this. Boom. 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 <laughs> <laughs> there right mm-hmm. and they got us like you know i slipped the lady an extra 15 said listen you know something the bread coming i got like basket to come i go like this i go listen all right every eight minutes right keep that vegan pepperoni pizza coming until someone passes out then bring it every 15 get them in good fellas where you like tap the little fucking 50 right in the little time i do i, I go like what's the matter? i came in through the back <laughs> yeah i came in through the back my wife's like what is the matter you don't want to go to the front yeah i come through yeah exactly okay so i we sat down now listen to this bro mm. so already we start out with appetizers and my wife man if there's anybody that loves to look at a menu and order off the menu and and give the waiter mater d like the instructions on how it's all going to play out it's my wife she's a shot caller like when you go into a restaurant she's the kingpin ain't nothing given by her ain't gonna be no bullshit mm-hmm. don't fuck with me you fuck with my food you're fucking with me that's my wife so we go it's the truth so we go in there and she's like okay we're gonna get a round of the oysters for the table now she says table it's just me and her all right the, the table we're gonna get the impossible cigars Oh, <laughs> impossible cigars yeah and, uh, and the the deep fried squ- stuffed squash blossoms <sighs> come on deep fried squash blossoms oh bro now the impossible cigars are just the name <laughs> sounds dangerous <laughs> no, bro <laughs> The, the impossible cigars are they're, like a snossage. It is. <laughs> it is. It's a vegan snossage. I knew it. It's like a, it's like full so smoky. No. <laughs> it's smoky, my little toasty. Don't you worry. It's like rolled up, right? Huh? Like oh, rolled up all night. Pepperonis, like little pepperonis, oh. but they're vegan, smoky, yeah. salty, spicy. Awesome. Then the deep fried squash blossoms, they have a vegan ricotta inside. Mm. Oh. And these squash blossoms are huge and they're deep fried and they come on a on a on a bed of like giant, I don't know what you would call it, pink Himalayan salt, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then comes the oysters. Now the oysters, I don't even really know what's in them. Right. I'm not sure how they achieve this necessarily, <clears throat> but what comes out are these petals from an artichoke. And on the edge of the artichoke, like what would be the oyster shell, <clears throat> they put like little creams and some kind of vegan caviar. I don't even know what the fuck it is. Right. Some kind of fried crispy goodness and some other things. So it tastes a l- like an oyster on the half shell. <laughs> Amazing. Dude, I burned through all that. Then my wife's like, <laughs> vegan Caesar. She has to have Caesar with everything. She ordered the pepperoni pizza, but this is like a really good pizza. When I say vegan pizza, it's like the crust is crispy. 
and it's it's buttery. I like that. Yeah, it's got like a crunch. And my wife doesn't like spicy food too much, so she takes the pepperoni and gives it to me. I fucking eat it like it's chips. I'm just like, boop, 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 no problem. Right. Right. And then nettle, I had the nettle ravioli, stinging nettle ravioli. What's nettle, right? What's nettle? Nettles are a plant that grows like in the wilds up in Washington in Northern Europe. And they're stinging nettles. You walk by them, you don't notice anything. Five minutes later, it feels like your leg's on fire. Really? They're super healthy. Mm. They're green. Mm. They're like a sweet dandelion green, kind of. So when you cook it down, right, and you put it inside the, the belly of a, of a ravioli, fan-fucking-tastic, and a masala sauce that I, I'm telling you, bro. Unbelievable, this sound. Is it spicy? It's not. It's not spicy, spicy. It's an Italian thing. Yeah, it's an Italian Exactly. But it but the masala sauce had such a deep flavor that like I don't know if you've ever eaten something that had like a deep flavor. And Marsala's wine in reality. Yeah. I would this. Well, you can use wine and vegan. Sure, right, right. But the point of the matter is it's like I don't know if you've ever eaten anything that had a deep flavor that it felt like your soul was tasting it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where you're like you. Right, like all the cartilage in your body feels like mm. it's strengthening up just a little bit. Like you're getting yeah. some heavy shit. Now listen to this. I went, I burned through that, and I'm just sitting there. And I told my wife, I said, "You know what? I'm gonna get another entree." I had two entrees. Wow, done deal, pal. What else did you get? Boom! I fucking got, and this is the craziest thing. Now, I'm like looking at this. I go, you know what? I'm going to get. You ain't playing raviolis and you're getting something else. And the, the hors d'oeuvres. Okay. So I go, give me the eggplant filet. Mm. Okay. Now. On a bed of mashed potatoes. Talk, wait a minute. Let's talk about that. Now. Go ahead. Please do because this is phenomenal. Now, I've thought about how are we ever going to achieve a vegan steak or a vegan piece of meat, right? right. I've always thought about this. But I've never in my mind imagined until you said it right now, an eggplant filet. So are you telling me that they take a thick ass piece of eggplant the size of a steak, cut it like steak, and do something to it to make it mimic a steak? Well, let me just expl- let me just tell you what happened. Okay. I saw vegan, I saw eggplant filet. So I'm thinking griddle crispy something, right? Hey, special K, the intern is here. Wearing his, uh, I don't know what that is, soccer, yellow Brazil Power Ranger shirt. <laughs> yeah. Get in here, boy. Yeah. Get in here. Listen and- to the big people talk. All right. So then it's okay. So that's what I'm thinking's coming, right? Like an eggplant parmesan. I'm not thinking anything like that based off of what the name. Right. But I didn't know really. I didn't think about it too hard. It okay. was, I was like, whatever, flick. So then the waiter comes out. Okay. And it's a piece of eggplant, of course. That's maybe like two and a half inches thick, three inches thick, Interesting. and it's laying on. It's charred on the outside, like and a it's on steak, right? Like a filet mignon, yeah, exactly. And it comes out on top of a bed of mashed potatoes. So aesthetically, aesthetically, you guys, as this is being brought over. It looks like a filet mignon on a better mashed potato. One thousand percent. And whatever they did to the eggplant, mm-hmm. okay, okay, it 
on an island of mashed, mashed potatoes, potatoes and it's circled with a mushroom gravy. Got, got it, got it, got it, got it. I've actually had steaks like this. Exactly. Okay. And whatever they fucking put, whatever these fucking macaron put on this fucking mama out of this mama, I try to tell you, you don't like my steak, right. I slap in your face. Maron. Hey, let's <laughs> get a bone. The, 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 the eggplant was strangely flaky, like t- muscle tissue. Mm. What? Say that again. The eggplant, three inch eggplant, right? Yeah. And they didn't go where the seeds are. So whatever they cut out. They cut, yeah, they cut around. They cut by so they out. want a bunch of seeds. None. The meat was, it was like muscle fiber kind of the way they prepared it. I don't know how they did it. I don't know. So you needed a knife? Not only when you cut through it, but you started to see layers, like like almost like a fucking steak. Like maybe you could cut the wrong way type thing? Yeah. Like, you know how like all the striations go? Yeah. It was just like that. Wow. It was fan-fucking-fantastic. Now, did it taste like eggplant? It did. I'm not going to say that it, it tasted like meat. I'm not going to say that. It didn't have it, meat flavor. It didn't taste like meat, but they braised it in that mushroom gravy. Mm-hmm. So the mushroom gravy and the eggplant combined made kind of a steak umami flavor. But it, you would never be like, oh, that's just like a steak. Well, right. But at the same time, though, but the texture was. Okay. You're right. You're saying the texture was. And the other thing that we do know about eggplant is that eggplant is one of those things that can absorb flavor. You can right. It's like a eggplant. sponge. It's like a sponge. That's right. Yeah. And so it absorbed that flavor. So yeah, I ate. Room. Listen, I'm going to tell you now, something. I want to go there tomorrow and get it. Listen, let me tell you. Because I got a little story next for you. All right. Well, listen yeah. to this. I went fucking. So when I was cutting into it. Mm-hmm. Now, this is going to sound crazy. I don't even know what this is. As I was cutting in, the outside was charred a little bit. It had like the muscle fiber. And I'm like, fuck, well, what they doing? Fuck, I thought it was a vegetable. It started a little And I cut through it with a little bit of pink. What? No, I don't know. I don't know. If they made, wait, did they ask you, do you want it medium rare? Right? There's a little bit of pink. I don't know. If they got some guy in the back with beet juice just squeezing shit. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, you know, I can't, I can't do all that, but I was cut. Now, if you know anything about me, you know, that back in my meat eating days, you're a real carnivore. Oh, come heart. on, dude. I mean, people would take me out to Ruth's Chris, pay for my dinner just to watch me eat a porterhouse for two in one sitting. I, I'm don't, he's not lying. Listen, no I'm not lying. This guy was a real meat eater. So no problem. he knows me. And listen, I was one of those guys that when I took a bite of meat, like when I cut it, the chunk was so big. I when I was chewing it, I could barely close my mouth. I'm not even right, trying right, to do right, like right. a little. I, I want to feel like I ripped it off the bone. Right. So I'm like, ah, big old wad, right? right? And I can't get hung full off of meat. I could just eat meat. I yeah, I, t- yeah, I could yeah. take all the beef jerky on Highway 66 from here to Atlanta, destroy it all, no problem. Forward it, Chad. They won't even allow me there. <laughs> you got that. <laughs> I'm on the way. Yeah, really, yeah. keep out. Yeah. Anyway, so I was taking big bites of the fucking filet. And it was oh, it was so satisfying. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I want to hear about dessert now. Okay. So listen to this. As you have room for dessert. Oh, come on. Chantal. This guy can eat. This guy's uh it's something with this guy. I can eat so much that I can make so everyone much. around me kind of get grossed out. And you I can not stop eating either. Like, <laughs> I can just eat everywhere all the time. I've got it timed perfectly. Like, I know what my digestion's 
chiminess. So every time like an inch of food goes starts being digested, I know I got a little another inch of form. <laughs> I'm just cycling. Wow. So yeah, so I go, so I go, so 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 the the, the waiter, the head chef comes out. Little, little dumpy guy with who you were. He didn't I don't know. I would yeah, he came up, Mr. Bowen. Oh, thank you. Yeah. No, he came out that and he's famous said, attorney. <laughs> oh. He came out and he goes, Hey, um, I didn't like the way the first pizza came out, so I'm recooking you a new one and desserts are on me. You can have two. Was there something wrong with the pizza? I didn't even see it. He brought out the second one. He either they forgot and this was their cover story, or there really was a pizza that came out. And he's like, That's too Bernie. We're making a new one. I better go out and tell him I'm sorry and give him two and fucking. You just played the game, right? You just oh, I was like, Yeah. Hot fudge Sunday and yeah. the rhubarb strawberry pie, please. Yeah. I said, Garcon. And they brought those two things out. And I devoured both fucking desserts. Did your wife have a bite? Yeah, she, I, I let her, like, you know, baby the fucking Sunday. Like, For she was noodling around with it. Right. You know what I mean? Around. Yeah, I'm like, what are you doing? You're messing around. You're chasing this, tasting that. She was like, I fucking, she didn't know what rhubarb was. Wow. My wife know what rhubarb was. She's from the city. Some people don't. Yeah. I don't. She's like, what's rhubarb? rhubarb right. And then she said it. I'm like, you know what? That is rhubarb. A- <laughs> is she rhubarb? Yeah. <laughs> I was like trying to explain her. It's like a, it's like a sour celery, huh. right? Which is kind of what it is. And she was like, that doesn't sound like anything I'd want to eat. I'm like, eh, but it's a thing. Trust me. Strawberry rhubarb. It's a whole thing. She liked it, but not as much as the chocolate sundae. Sure. I devour both of those. No problem. Damn. That was my big night out yesterday. Wow. Yeah. 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 Tell what some of your favorite vegan. I want to hear, Bob, what's your favorite vegan dish out there? You guys, you have some, do you have some crazy something you're crazy for me, about? For me, I don't, I don't really eat anything vegan out here. The last time I had something vegan, I was in New York and somebody had made a, a whole brownie where every ingredient being vegan and it tastes like a regular brownie. Like the butter was vegan, everything was vegan. I'm just like, and then I have a friend here who's completely vegan that moved here from Florida and she like makes all these vegan dishes. So she's supposed to come over here on Monday. So maybe she might make something, but yeah, I, I like meat, but I don't eat it as much. And um, for my mom, when she was here, she, she doesn't eat rice. She doesn't eat a lot of meat, but she'll do like cabbage and uh, mixed veggies and shish kebabs that have veggies on it with the eggplant and the mushrooms. I'll, right. I'll taste that every once and again, but I just feel like my body needs meat. <laughs> right. There you go. Uh, I'm, sh- I'm sure it does, Chantal. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that eggplant did sound delicious. I had an eggplant lasagna once. I had eggplant lasagna on Thursday night with my daughter. Did you? Vegan eggplant lasagna, yeah. How was that? It was interesting. But you want to know it was interesting. It was interesting. My daughter likes Air One, so we go there and there's different things. But last night, me and Chumon were together, right? We had a business meeting. And when we left, he left with his wife to go to this restaurant in Hollywood. Yeah. So me and my buddy... And my buddy's a vegan. I'm more vegetarian, but he's a vegan. And we're like, where are we going to go? So my buddy Paul says, hey, there's a restaurant that just opened up on Sunset Boulevard in Hollywood. 
has a restaurant at another place down on Melrose with Fred Siegel. And he goes, the open up is called Meatballs. So <laughs> me and me and Estelle leaves in and someone goes, that's great, but I'm vegan. He goes, no, no, no. This place, Meatballs, is a vegan restaurant. It's called Meatballs, and it's the guy that owns the restaurant from Fred Siegel's. I love wow. that. I love wow. that. So we're like, fuck it. He goes, oh, it's right over here. And he goes, uh, they don't take cash. That's the only reason I haven't gone yet. Ah, ah, ah. You know, yeah, right, right. <laughs> so me and Esteban, now this is that director. Shout out to Esteban Oil. Yeah. We drive down the street. We pull up. We park. Nobody's there. Place looks great. It looks like an Italian, like, arcade, you know. And we sit down and we order, you know, uh, she gets spaghetti and meatballs. I get penne and meatballs. I get this Italian chopped salad. Mm. And they serve this garlic mm. bread. Well, these meatballs were vegan meatball. Everything was vegan. Everything that we had was vegan. Italian, Italian chopped salad. Italian chopped salad. What was in it? Dude, I couldn't figure it out with him either. We're looking at it and it looks like like chunks of mozzarella and salami, like the traditional and, and garbanzo beans. And you would think it's Italian chopped salad. Right. All vegan stuff. But it tastes exactly like a chopped salad. That's and this. And the spaghetti meatballs and penne meatballs off the chain. And the whole dinner probably cost us like 35 bucks for both of us to eat. Wow. What all the, and it was all marvelous. So shout out to Meatballs on Sunset Boulevard. That place is out of control. What did Esteban get? He got spaghetti meatballs. I got uh, the vodka penne and meatballs. Oh, and okay. And we split a chopped salad and garlic bread. That they bring this amazing marinara sauce with. Did, did Esteban say it was good? He loved it. He was, he was the one telling him, oh, we're going to be back. Oh, yeah, really? It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yes. Up there, we're all Let's do it. Meatball. I love that name. <laughs> and Enzo's Pizzeria invited us back. Enzo's. I mean, that's a real pizzeria. I mean, you can't fuck around with that. When you come back out here, we're going to have to take you to some of these spots that we're talking about. Dude, let's take Chantal on the Cali tour. Yeah, Thank Chantal. Him. L.A. has some good food spots. I've been to L.A. once for like a week, and they have some good food spots. Yeah, let's take Chantel on the Cali tour. You want a Cali tour and feed you. I mean, we, you know, <laughs> yeah, because you might not want to move back. I mean, we might want to stay out here. We don't know. One thing I will say that I miss about California and New York is the unlimited options of food and salad places. Georgia right. doesn't have that. We have chicken and wings, fish spots, uh, barbecue, regular, regular, low-level fast food, um, Chinese spots, but there's no, like, official salad place that you could, like, notice, go to, unless you go, like, digging for it. Right. I do miss that. Right. So, so Chantal, this is, this is her. Sh- Why is it called She Gets It? What's that? I mean, are you talking about sex? Or, like, what is that? It's called She Gets It because anything that I bring up as a question or people question and they might find like, oh, this is going to be an argument. It's not an argument. It's about understanding. And no matter if you agree or disagree, I get it. Like, I understand you deserve to have your opinion. At the end of the day, I'm a state mind. You can say yours, but I get it. I get your side of the story, but this is my perspective on everything. Interesting. Interesting. I like that. I like it too. That's a really good. I get it. Well, you're very clear. That's why you're able to answer that question so well. Yeah. That's a, okay. Yeah. So, 
So what did you what did what did you think that your fans, uh, Chantal, or your listeners, supporters, what did you think that they would want to um, know about us after hearing you on our show and you were so explosive? Well, and I um, I know you guys represent the West Side very very well on the West Coast, so I had like a whole like a whole Cali menu for y'all. So um, first, I wanted you guys to kind of like tell the audience how you guys got started with the hard look show. Yeah. Human. You want me to start that? Yes, sir. <laughs> well, Big Lux and I, um, we're two peas in a pod. A real fucked up pod, but we're two peas in a pod. <laughs> we had, became friends and so brothers probably about 12, 15 years ago, something like that. Right, Steve? Well, how long? Right, 20. Is it 20? Well, yeah. Jesus, Definitely. maybe you're right. Yep. I didn't realize that. Fuck, when you get to a certain age, everything seems like five years ago. 18 then- to 20. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. 18 to 20. Technically 19. There you go. So there you go. 19. Fuck. Sean and I became friends or became, we were friends then, but we were both part of, uh, of, uh, of a movement to uh, better our lives. Let's just put it that way. Mm-hmm. And uh, Steve was ahead of me. And, uh, I needed a lot of help. I was fat. Remember that? I was chubby, oversized clothes. Everything was XL. I'm not, I'm not going five, six. Everything's XL. I look like, like some fucked up version of Cousin I can't Rich. even imagine you bigger than what you are now. That's crazy. It is because I, I didn't know what this guy was going to do. I was just helping him out. But I couldn't <laughs> tell everything was going to be all right. Because I didn't know if everything was going to be all right with this guy. <laughs> Listen, that's what Chumon was. That's the truth. That's all these degrees. You know, this was not who you're dealing with today at that time. No. That's why I think people don't understand about this show. Yeah. They think that it's some certain way as you sit with all, all these degrees and stuff, they, they, you're a different light. But when this rule rolled up, I thought he was about to ask me if I had some change in my pocket. Like, you know you want to get a cup of coffee down the street. Yeah, dude. I and when he says I rolled up, I literally rolled up. Like I was like, hmm. And I and and listen, at the time, you know, Steve, as you see him now, is more of a suave, handsome guy. But at the time, he was kind of scary. Like he was an intimidating presence because he had this, you know, big push boom mustache and you know, he was he got, you know, he had some bass in his voice and he was up there and 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 we were part of a thing where it was like, if somebody asks you for help, you kind of have to give it to them. You can't judge on the outsides or anything. You got to do your shit, right? And I kind of knew that, right? And I, <laughs> it's true. So I was like, and he got up, you know, and he was talking and he was like, you know, he, he had tank top on and the fucking traps were out and all the fucking tattoos and the spider web, all this shit, right? And I'm like, I don't even know what any of that means. <laughs> I just know that seems like some serious manly shit. Mm-hmm. That's what I know. I go, that fool must have done something. Man. That dude was dumb. <laughs> and I was scared. And then inside, I was like, listen, bro, if you're really going to be about it, if you don't got the fucking nuts to go up to that guy, stick your hand out and ask for help, then you might as well say goodbye to being successful in life. If you can't ask that guy for help in this situation, Damn. that's a true story. Damn, that's good. You want. So you got up there and you were like this, man. And you know, you did that. Fold your arms and then put the... Yeah. Put your fucking knuckles under your biceps, make them oh, all yeah. bigger, right? Yeah, yeah. Gain a couple more. And this is what he said. This is what caught my attention. He goes, if nothing changes... 
nothing changes. That's a fact. I've never forgot that, bro. And I remember thinking, like, well, that's some heavy shit, man. That's Jumar at the time (laughs) thought that everything I was giving him was really, really heavy, too. It was. That was heavy. I didn't even know that that was a tagline. I just, that was the first time I'd heard that. You thought I created Oh, I was like, man, that guy's on some, man. You gotta go out there. If you can't say, yo, what's up? So, that's how it started. Mm-hmm. And then our relationship just evolved over time, you know, uh, you know, in a lot of ways in my early days, you know, Steve pushed me. I'll never forget. I was like, man, how do I dress better, bro? And you're like, you got to take a risk. <laughs> take a risk, bro. Take a risk. And I was like, fuck. And I took a risk and it went wrong. But I kept taking risks. And eventually it started to calm down. Things Did I give better. you any clothes? Yeah, you did. I mean, yeah, you gave me, um, yeah, dude, not only did you give me clothes, but you actually gave me a shirt, uh, a not guilty, I think, for my dad and my dad's size. And my dad was wearing that. Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Damn, we should have a picture of that. That would have been fucking classic. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, you did. But it was streetwear style stuff. So, you know, that was, that was, that was what it was. And then, uh, and then, and then, as time marched on and everything, we just continued to grow and and uh, stay in contact and continue to support each other. And then, eventually, to the show point now, since I took you all the way back mm-hmm. to the show point, uh, Steve and I were talking about the old days, and Steve had some thoughts, and he's working on a, a theater project, and he's working on a book, and he's doing some other things, and. I'm working on a book and I've been working in, you know, I got to working in Hollywood and stuff like that. And so we were talking and as we were talking, we were having the best time and we were telling the greatest stories, some of them tragic, some of them comedic. And I just turned to Steve and I was like, dude, with all the people, you know, and your friends and all that other shit, we should just, if somebody was listening to this conversation right now, they would love it. So many facets to it that are fucking hilarious. And I was like, we should do a podcast. And, and that was as simple as it was. You, your world, your friends, our conversations, and let's just let people in on it so they could be like a fly on the wall. Right. Right? Right. And that's how it started. And that's why we did it in the beginning. That was exactly what happened. Nice. We had training. We didn't know what the fuck we were doing. And the only piece that came in right at that moment was, I said, you know what? My boy, Sean, old blue was, is a engineering he'll know how to set it all up and within two weeks or something we were already rolling we had esteban on our first show now we've got you know now i have every thursday uh at like 12 o'clock on my on my lunch i host you know maybe about 12 or 15 listeners that have been with us from the very beginning and we develop show ideas together hls tribal council we've got a theme song we got um guests that are regulars now now we've got graphics designers that are starting to give us did you see that latest one by raul with lepke and oh, yeah. Schmitty's twins yeah. where you put schmitty's head and yeah so that's that's how it started that's why we do it and the biggest thing for us is not to be polished not to be produced but raw unfiltered uncut just like you do, Chantal. The that's uncut. what I like. That's what that's what's interesting. Who wants a show where they know what's going to happen? No. Exactly. Yeah. Right. I asked Chantal, I'm like, why? 
show. Mm-hmm. And she was like, man, I heard a couple episodes and you guys had some fucking energy. Energy. Yeah. She was like, so many shows, no energy. Fuck that. I hate that. All right, go ahead. What else you got? So, oh, come on. I'm on three. I'm on coffee number three right now. I'm on like pre-workout number 12. Let's go. All right. So um, let's switch to Cali living. So what are your thoughts on the people leaving California right now with everything changing? Go ahead. Okay. Steve, big Lux. Uh, on Cali living and everybody leaving. I can tell you right now that that the people that are leaving are split into two. Are you ready? Yeah. Half of those people flew here in regards to me who grew here. Mm, okay. Half are a bunch of fucking quitters, right? Mm-hmm. They're away when the times get tough. Mm-hmm. All about Cali when things are popping. Oh, yeah. now we're, you know, and we've always had it good and we've always been on our, and as soon as the heat got a little bit hot, they want to jump up out of the fire and you not stand on where they're, they're at and where, you know, and so that's my opinion. They can go. They can leave. The more people that get the fuck out of California, right. the better for the people that really love California. Right. Good riddance. Yeah. Good riddance. Go. We could use the room. Because for every one person that's leaving, there's probably 20 coming. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's just the way it is. And I've had to learn, and especially where I live, which is on the west side of Los Angeles in Southern California. Right. We are the most and the first gentrified population mm. on the western side of the United States. Right. Okay. Right. Because you're, right you're right at the beach. So I've had to learn that. The gentrification that we're suffering isn't the same gentrification that a lot of these other areas are suffering from. You're hearing a lot of talk about gentrification, and I'm not trying to put down any of these areas, but the whole world ain't moving to San Gabriel Valley, right? Where you're being gentrified. The whole world ain't moving to uh, the east side of Los Angeles, or it's, the whole entire planet is trying to move to either two cities, Santa Monica or Venice, right? at the beach so so i say all that to say that for the last 25 years i know what it's like to have everything around you that you knew being torn down and rebuilded to have people coming into your area where you grew up and all the faces and colors start to change Mm -hmm. start to be removed you know and and i'm i'm used to that and i'm staying and i'm staying there and we're trying to hang on to the you know, we're trying to hang on to and tell the stories of and kind of like keep parts of California traditional the way I grew up, mm-hmm. you know, um, I'm real about it. And um, and I think Southern California leads the way for many, many things. I think it led the way for a long time and people didn't acknowledge it. Right. But I, today, I think everybody's on board. And that's why there's a lot of people every minute somebody getting off of a plane trying to move here so southern california living i say come on we need the room you're not with the i'm gonna be here you know and i'm gonna stay here and lost the southern california is gonna it's gonna be back on track and things are gonna get figured out and uh and we're gonna win again and i'm gonna be where i was you know embedded deeper and deeper so that's my opinion on like all right, you know, Chantal, um, we have a very special guest, our intern, Special K, also known hey. as Kevin. Also known Kevin, as baby. Hello. Wait, Hi. what? Hey. Your sexy voice. Come on. 
Say say hello, Chantel. Hello. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> get it situated right i don't know i'm gonna be here kind of recording right with my power ranger arm yeah what happened i got i got in a car accident on the 25th with this young girl driving stupid i tell you what i tell you what if you were in uh california i'd know a good attorney to hook you up with i have i have a whole law firm doing this stuff so um they got me yeah. with, a, with a good uh, doctor's office and uh, physical therapy. Um, can't rush recovery. These could be long-lasting injuries. You never know. You got to make sure that the jury understands that, uh, you know, you're a mother and you got a job and you can't be taking this kind of time off work. And I mean, that's expensive. Yeah, and, th and that's the other thing. Both of the girls was in the car at the time. It's just like impatient people. Like um, there was there was nothing I could do. I had the green light to go through the intersection. While I'm in the middle of the intersection, the girl chose to turn left in front of me. So left in front of you. Yeah. So I just I just like was I was in her car. Um, Man. <clears throat> yeah. But well, but everybody, uh, everybody is not. Everybody's okay in the in the in the overall sense, right? Yeah, I'm 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 the one with the most issues right now. Um, my seven year old, she was sitting behind me. She got like the seatbelt bruise on her collar. But um, well, I'm glad children are okay. Because, uh, I mean, I I I can't even imagine something happening to my little girl at all. I know. I'm like, man, something happened to her. You better, you better run for the fucking hills, cause I'm coming on to the taking everybody out with me. I don't give a fuck. You hurt my little girl. We're all going down. Right, and that's, yeah. that's how I knew she was young because after the accident, she came over to me and my daughter's dad, and she was like, "Are one of y'all getting me a rental?" I'm just like, "Girl, this is not how this works. You caused the accident. We're not getting what? you rental." me a rent right i was like what are you talking about i said you better move from over here i was so irritated oh somebody came at me with that i mean i might just black out and not know what i did they might just one of those ones where it's like i don't have any consciousness of what happened after that it, i just right. out. <laughs> i don't <laughs> people are crazy people are crazy all right i'm good steve I'm good. I'm good too. All right, sir. All right, cool. What up, y'all? I hope y'all enjoying the show. Don't forget to check out www.hardluckshow.com to check out their merch, everything that they're doing. Keep up with more episodes for the Hard Luck Show. All right. It's a good podcast, good energy as always. And you can also check out www.whoishan.com. Let's get back to the show. All right, uh, Chantel's question is about the people moving out. What are your thoughts, Special K? You're a, an intelligent, organized man. What What do you think? What do I think? Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't really know. Um, I don't. I don't really. Ha I haven't been impacted by 
by people like or at least i haven't noticed people coming in or leaving i mean i just kind of stay where i'm at so i it hasn't really affected me as much as uh steve so he stays where he's at so he doesn't really know <laughs> <laughs> i'm staying right where he's at right now my thought is is two is twofold i got two kind of perspectives i got the same that steve has which is like mm-hmm. you know if you're gonna move out it's because you you're not you're not making enough money doing what you're doing to stay here right and that's, making, that's making them uncomfortable. And and I'm not saying that's a bad. I'm not saying to the extent that like um, uh, I'm not saying that if you're somebody who struggles with finances and you work real hard, I'm not mm-hmm. saying that that that's okay. That's not what I'm saying. But I am saying there's a whole category of people who ain't working. What's up, Big Tiny? They ain't working that hard, but they expect because they're trust fund kids or they. They they opened up a restaurant because they watched, you know, fucking uh, Master Chef, or they think they're a marketer because they watched Mad Men. Those serious, <laughs> those folks that that expect a career but don't know exactly what goes into it and don't know uh, how hard it can be. Even podcasting, right? I mean, Chantal, how many people you know are? Oh, I'm gonna do a podcast. Oh, don't. What's that talking? I can do that, and then they put episodes and then like eight months goes between each episode because they can't actually get their ass exactly right so for all those folks i say good riddance i say Mm -hmm. you know this ain't for everybody right you know like like not everybody wants to be a champion no not everybody wants to put the work in you know i'm i'm reading right now the bio the biography of disney and disneyland Mm. okay where we sit right now, and I'm not some big Disney guy. I don't walk around with fucking goofy clothes and all that, like in Disney and sit and shit like that. That's the fastest way to get vagina to run away from you is to wear a lot of Disney shit. So I don't do that. But when you think about Disney, think about this, because I put my mind back to it. There was no Disneyland when he said and he looked out in Anaheim and was like, see all that fucking farmland? I'm going to build like a fantasy park and it's going to be like frontier land and fantasy land. Think about that. Think about just how much at that time, like the forties, you would have been like, boy, you are out of your goddamn right. fucking mind. Right. What do you mean? Nobody got time for that. Nobody's got time for that. I mean, <laughs> no more- right. right. Of course you're going to think some stupid shit like that. Mm-hmm. Art Lane- close friend of Disney. Disney brought him out and said, this is all going to be a big-ass park, amusement park. And back then, amusement parks were kind of associated with carnies. Like, they were negative and more. It was like rip-offs. Right. Like mm-hmm. in the- okay. Con game. Exactly. Right. Way. So, Art Linkletter, in his mind, was like, and so Disney brought him out there. Listen, financially, I got everything tied up in this park. The land around, it's going to be 10 times more valuable once the park opens. Right now, it's for like 10 cents, but it's going right. So, Art, link letter, I want you to have the first crack at the land around. And Art Linkletter said in his mind, who Art Linkletter, who was the John Stewart of his time, okay, mm-hmm. just so you understand, he said in his mind, like, wow, Disney really fucked up. He said, 
he, he made a bunch of excuses why he couldn't buy any of the land. He said every step that he took back to his car cost him a million bucks. Wait, wait, wait. What? Yeah. Art Linkletter did not believe in Disney's idea. Thought Disney had lost his mind. Thought the land around the so-called Disneyland, which doesn't even exist yet, was not going to be worth anything. And when they walked back to their cars, each step, he counted them. Each step cost him a million bucks because he didn't buy in at that time. Same thing as Apple, same thing as SpaceX, same thing as Tesla. All of those are California fucking companies. Don't get it twisted. So California is a place where somebody's going to go and look at a vision and create what's going to be going on for the next hundred years. Okay. Right. And if, if you don't want, you don't like, if you don't want things to change or evolve, for the better, you might leave California. Like in California, if you say, you know what? Fuck the police now, for real. For real. Like the police are actually fucking crooked and we're sick of this shit. Mm-hmm. Or you know what? Maybe gay people should get married and fucking have a birthday cake. I don't give a fuck what you do. Right. Get your dick, put on a vagina. I don't give a shit. Doesn't matter to us. Mm-hmm. We don't care. Right. If that kind of way of looking at equality and all that other kind of stuff bothers you, you might move to Texas. Yeah. Right? You might be like, well, fuck these liberal pricks. I'm going to Texas. Uh-oh. Is it that way now? I, absolutely. I, well, there you go. And if environmental shit, you don't like environmental shit, you don't like, you know, moving off like Solar City, all that shit, wind, all that shit, you don't like the, you might leave California because it does not matching what you think uh, the politics should be mm-hmm. because it's progressive. It's progressive, you guys. So I don't always see people leaving California a bad thing. A couple of things. One is they're also going to export California culture, whether they know it or not. So that's part of making the rest of the country like California is people leaving California. Mm-hmm. Second of all, the, when you are making progress, you're moving forward. The people that are leaving, those are the kinds of people you leave behind. Because mm. they're holding you back. Mm. Yeah. In this country, we spent too much time trying to build political consensus. Like, oh, let's all just agree. Fuck that. There's a point at which there's no agreement. There's a point at which there's no agreement. There's a point at like, you have never turned to a rapist and say, all right, let me understand your point of view. Why did you think it was okay to do that? Nobody would. Because right. that's a that you can't, you can't accept that. Right. Same thing with racism, same thing with sexism. It's not acceptable, bro. Mm-hmm. Not, I'm not going to try to understand your point of view because that point of view is anti-American. Mm-hmm. So it's out. But that's what I think about the people leaving California. I like it. I dig it. I think... Um the resisting of change that's going to happen anyway is what has a lot of state held back from being able to function long term and so yeah. if, if you can't handle then go where you can handle and it's fine and i just don't i just think beneficial wise california will benefit by having less people that are against the progress like you said for sure I think it's going to happen naturally anyway. Right. Exactly. I think that's exactly right. Yeah. What else you got? Who All else? Right. Who else? So, so now 
now that this pandemic is over a little bit, um, what do you think about these people stroking the PP loans, the Paycheck Protection Program, buying homes, flashy cars and all of this, and they really don't have a business established? Like, like legal, legal wise, what do you think is going to happen with the millions of people that's getting caught up right now? Because I know for here in Atlanta, they're, they're getting found like hotcakes. I'm going to tell you right now. Are you ready? Yes. United States government, I don't know, feds or however you want to put it. Yeah. It's kind of like, uh, it's kind of like, um, like you robbing a casino, right? There's certain things in the world that just you're not going to get away with, right? You're not going to steal. <laughs> you ain't going to steal and run a con on the U.S. government's money. For real. And the thing is, is that they're not tripping. Remember, when all these people, they're still arresting people right now that were all part of these riots running up in these stores still in tennis shoes right. in their cars. Like, right. All those people are catching cases right now. The LA riots in 92, all, everybody they went after them. You little bullshit with you trying to not pay on they're coming after you. Yeah. And you are definitely not going to like punch him in the face and laugh about it <laughs> and go run some scam. Like, you're, like what you're talking about. The guys that are buying the houses on the scam, they're like telling their crew, how you can do this, what you can do. Like, people think that they're getting away with this. And yeah. it's out of, of time before they, they, they've got enough people, enough manpower, enough money to exhaust every avenue. You're not, the government's not going to let you do that. You know? So I think, like, how about it? You know, I think there's a lot of. Listen, I'm going to tell you something right now. Okay. okay just check this out. This, uh -huh. It's, it's kind of like this for me. There is cell phones in every fucking prison in california right everybody's talking on them everybody's communicating right. there are people that really think they're having like undercover discussions right you're gonna tell me <laughs> that they're fucking in space doing shit like they can hear everything that's going on but they're not tapping all these phones in prison and right. just gathering all of it. Right. It's kind of like that type of thing. You get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it, it's, it's like you, you can't do that. And it's not fucking 100 years ago or 80 years ago when you could just outsmart and get away with things. We're, we're way too entrenched in their, the palm of their hand yeah. for that to happen now. Right. They know what's going on. And you got to play by the rules to some extent. And I, I really think like big crime shit like that and stuff like that, like it's just too blatant. That's the dummy. That's the guy who doesn't really think down the road that right. goes for that quick buck. You know right. what I mean? Right. I, you, come on, man. Would you run a scam like that? No. You try and get over like that on some money they're trying to give the help. Like, fuck, I don't want any. You know how many people were in my, my DMs talking about, do you want to collect your money for such and such? I'm just like. Get let's out think of my DMs, like. Let's think about it. Half of it ain't right at the gut of our stomach. This money is supposed to be used for people. You know what I'm saying? For our, it's gonna fuck up our economy, just right. So you start with that, and then you look at it. It's like it's just stupid. I don't want to go to federal prison for that, man. Right. I'm gonna get busted. So I think they're getting away with what they're getting away with, but I don't think you can get away with it today, man. They know what we're doing. Yeah. No, bro. 
Yeah, I agree. I think uh, I think that if somebody's coming at you on a DM about if someone's coming at you on a DM about uh, a PPP loan, mm-hmm. like, sunk. like if you go along with that scam, you're sunk. That's right. A spot than like three card money. Like it's silly. That's just silly. Our friend Brian got one. And and he's the kind of guy that wakes up without his car wallet and keys and calls you and's like, where, where am I? Yeah. And he's a grown man. <laughs> By the way, Brian calls me. Oh, what did he say? He calls me like three times and I don't answer. <laughs> this is our friend Sourdough. Yeah, Sourdough. Three phone calls. This, <laughs> and then he says, hey, bro, call me. <laughs> right? We miss calls in a text that says, hey, bro, call me. So I know right then I better stop what I'm doing right? because this is my 63-year-old friend, Brian, that right. he could be in trouble. Oh, he could guy. really be in trouble. So I call him. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. He makes up the phone. I'm not good, man. I'm not good. I'm sick. I'm in the hospital. They take me in there trying to find out. I'm like, holy shit. I'm scared. Test thing. I also I'm like, all right, man, keep me posted, bro. Let me know what I can do. Keep me posted. I'm checking into it. I don't hear from this guy for like a whole another day. I'm texting him, calling and answering. And the next day, I call him in the morning. He answers like, what's up? I go, what the fuck happened? He goes, oh, I have the flu. They give me some medicine. <laughs> but he's, I mean, this guy, Brian, man, like. His best answer was to get the PPL loan. Hey, listen, he just called in. He got ten thousand. Just called. Don't in. put it out there like I'm some fucking lame out here. <laughs> <laughs> That's him. That's him. Anyways, uh, what does he think about these people ripping off PPP? It's it's horrible. <laughs> uh, what he's doing? Hey, hey, Brian. Steve says you ripped off PPP. Is that true? That's not true. All right. <laughs> That's really him. He got mad. Brian is the kind of guy that will hit big lucks up. He's sixty three. Okay, sixty-three year old man. He hit big lights up and be like, like he's going. He looks like he's sixty-three, but he looks like he's about fifty-nine, sixty. Right. Oh yeah, <laughs> sixty-three, <laughs> sixty. Yeah, he's real young. Yeah. Hey, you know what they say? Brian don't crack. Right. So he he he's the kind of guy that will call Steve up and be like, "Hey, bro, can I use your shower?" Yeah. What? Yeah. Like that kind of friend. That's why Steve, after three calls, ain't answering right away because it's gonna be like he has to. Steve's gonna have to do something. Yeah. Yeah. I have to go pick him up. Every once in a while, I get a picture from, uh, like, a picture, and it's like uh, Steve. Steve's helping Brian do something, and Brian's like eating like a school lunch that he got with a voucher, and he's sixty three, and he's like giving the thumbs up, like it's all good. <laughs> like he we, calls me and as a favor. He's like, "Hey, I was thinking, I don't know if you're busy. Or, <laughs> he's a Lyft driver, right? Right. But uh, do you think you could drive out to Arizona and pick up a package for me? I'm like, what did you just ask me, motherfucker? Oh, random." Yeah, like I don't. Yeah. So, anyways, now he's the guy that um, you know um, he was sampling some dry goods and decided that it. Uh, he thought maybe his parole officer was at the front door, so he thought the best way to get out of his uh, third story apartment was to go outside the window. Mm-hmm. And he figured if he just hung, then the drop wouldn't be too far. But by the- yeah, by the time he let go, <laughs> he realized he it was realized too high up. Too high up. Then he shattered his, his heel and his ankle, right? And he's crawling in San Francisco streets like a grown man to crawl in with army crawl, <laughs> army crawl, like out of an a, alley, yeah, out of a trench. He's like, yeah. no man's land. 
and there's a club and there's a bunch of like metrosexual dudes like waiting to get in the club and here comes Brian out of the alley with like a He's crawling out, crawling out and on the ground. Yeah. He said, in the ground crawling. <laughs> with his foot facing the other way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Turn around backwards. And he's like, hey, <laughs> he yells at people in the mic, call 911. Why should make a doll like that? Oh my God, that would be great. With action. the foot turned back. Yeah. It's an action figure. Action figure. Oh, sour. And then you get there with the little engine where he crawls. Go on. And he fucking, he's like, hey, yeah. I broke my foot, call 911. And everyone in the line yeah. was like, oh, you're all right. <laughs> no one would call 911. He's like, oh, like get up. Get up. Off. Walk get up. Stop being a pussy. Yeah, come on. Tough it up. So yeah. Brian tried to call 911 on himself. And they like, mm. came. He's like, I broke my foot. <laughs> he made a foot ass start. He was like, oh, I was just horsing around on the curb. <laughs> yeah. Shattered my knee. Right, 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 right. He said that he stepped off the curb. He said he told the paramedics I stepped off the curb wrong. And I'm like, but, your, but your heel exploded, sir. But he was like a human armadillo. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And anyway. so that's just a ba- that's just like a basic story. And then right. and then and then and then it's my favorite. And then we had him on another time. We had another guest, uh Rachel Sterling, who's like a model. She's beautiful, yeah. blah blah blah. She's right there. And like and and we're trying to help Brian because he's getting constantly DM'd on Instagram for women that are trying to con him out of money. Yeah. Like he gets it filled up. They're all getting at him. You're fine. They start talking. He goes, no sooner do I start talking for like a day or two. And they're like, hey, um, I'm gonna, can you wire this account? This like, it's all, all of them are getting them, right? He's and like, drives, I don't know what's up, man. And Steve's like, this guy's not long buddy. So he's like trying to help him, right? And he's like, Brian, look, I've been on Instagram. I never get hit up for money. How you do something you're doing is is these women to figure out like they could con you out of a car what are you doing yeah and then so and he's right there with with kitty sterling and he's like that's not true that's why i got that clip where he's like you put me out there like i'm some kind of lame but then as he explains the story he tells us a story about some woman mm-hmm. that he how did it go he loaned his car to her then she yeah. stole it. Yeah. Then she wrecked it. Then she held it for hostage. And then he had to go rent another car and give it to her so he could get his car back. Wow. And then she wrecked that. And she, then she was arrested yeah, she and was arrested. Paid paid the bail. <laughs> this is abuse. Abuse, abuse over like two, three years. So then we read his, I go, well, let's do that's a fact-finding mission. And we read his bio his bio, his bio on, on Instagram. Instagram. And the first thing it says is looking for that special lady that's serious about the man in her life. Yeah. Oh, that's a dead giveaway. Ah, well, there you go. There you that's, go. That's what we're trying that's to That's like he's got he's like he got sucker written across the <laughs> pocket. He got so mad, and that's why I was like, don't be putting me out there like I'm some kind of lame. All right. Anyway, all right. Okay, sorry, Chantal. Go ahead. Yeah. Next. All right. So um I want to do Kelly throwback. And so Kelly throwback. I want to compare the 80s and the 90s compared to now. So um, right up your alley, bro. All right. So for the 80s, pop culture in the 80s versus now, which one is better and why? Oh, culture in the 80s. Music, pop culture in the 80s, better than today's music. Fuck yeah, man. Like I think that I think there was a lot of 
Well, for, for one thing, when you're talking about the 80s, you're right. talking about a huge influence of European stuff right. in in America, you know, uh, the, the opening up of like video, um, vi- um, music video, MTV, MTV MV3, right. like a lot of introduction and we start getting hit with like a lot of the new, like you just call it new wave, you know, the whole right. new really, really. And that was kind of happening as hip hop is is being birthed out of the East Coast right? and starting to show up, right? And, um, you know, you've got like, it's very, very interesting, you know, and then you've got very big hair rock and roll, you know, yes. from the coast, you know? So it, it, at least on in Southern California out here where we're at, there was this mixed culture. Um, you also, now think about that. Those are influences that are kind of affecting the United States at that time, right? right. All of us, right. and California. But then you then you start throwing in some other things, and in the eighties, you've got like this huge punk rock surge that's starting in Southern California, mm-hmm. right? Southern or, or in California. Mm-hmm. I should. Now you've also got this big surf, surf and skate culture that's becoming really, really big. People are like looking at this sport. We don't know it's going to be in the Olympics later. Right, skateboarding. It's dog time. That. That's right. Then you have this culture of gang, street culture of mm-hmm. and, and gang culture that's kind of mixing it. So think about all these different things. Now you're not getting that everywhere. You're not getting that in Nebraska. No. That in Iowa. That's not in Texas. We're talking about Californias. And so I think that like pop culture when we talk about pop culture was um well think about it i mean really think about it that was when hollywood was really hollywood yeah right? the biggest movies from the 80s filmed on the streets not only that but i mean think about star i mean it's not 80s but the next installment of star wars empire strikes back and all those other things i mean that's george lucas that's california that's yeah. pop culture michael jackson yes yeah. right Setting aside the pedophilia stuff. Madonna. Madonna. Cindy Lauper. Remember Cindy Lauper? Yeah. All of that shit was big and it was super concentrated in California on top of the concept of what you're saying is that this this street culture starting to, you know, get some visibility, a little bit of visibility. And look at all these icons that you're talking about. You know, they're running around. In Los Angeles, right? All of them, right? Everybody, right? Lionel Richie, I mean, everybody right. in LA, man. That's where everybody's at, man. Right. right. And then back then, you still had a battle between Coke and Pepsi that was real. Think about that. Now, oh, yeah. just, nobody knows. I mean, nobody, I don't think anybody now questions whether or not Coke beat Pepsi, but at that time, it was, you know, absolutely Bill Cosby versus Michael Jackson. Yeah, it was Coke man. versus Pepsi. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. I mean, MJ was like the biggest artist of the 80s, basically. He was yeah. the biggest artist of the yeah. 80s. There was none bigger than that no. guy. Yeah. No. His hair caught on fire. Remember that? The yeah. Pepsi commercial? Yeah. Hair, yeah. Headed, yeah. White. I was thinking about the other day. He had a white sequins glove. That was like his trademark. Think about that. What was that? <laughs> hair caught on fire. And then he was in that fucking stretcher and he put up well, a white yeah. glove and was like, uh, I'm okay. Obviously, we know that there was a lot going on. So oh, that's just one more weird thing. You know? I know, but like, I don't. Really, I was wondering about like, where did he get the concept of one white glove? 
You know, it's uh, what I, what, you know, um, well, we're not going to carry away on that thing, but, you know, the <laughs> consent, everybody, you know, grow, growing up, man, like we all knew that Michael Jackson was a child molester. What do you mean? What do you mean? Like, what do you mean? Everybody knew it was very clear that this guy's like holding hands and running around with little kids. Yeah, but He's I don't think. Man. No, brother. We eat straight run some people. Wrong from the gate. It didn't. People found it odd and knew that there was something fucked up going on from the gate. Well, Eddie Murphy did for sure. You're right. Eddie Murphy <laughs> said, you, you, you know how I know? He didn't say he was a pedophile, but he said, you know how something's wrong. He's a weirdo. I didn't know it was as depth as, as we come to find out. So right. If you believe that. Okay. Right. But there's, right. But I knew that there was some. Eddie Murphy did say, remember in his stand-up, uh, by the way, yeah, 80s when Eddie Murphy was still fucking funny. Right. right? Stand-up. Elite. <laughs> right. So, but he said, he's like, you know how you know Michael Jackson ain't fucking any women because he took Brooke Shields to the Oscar Awards and nobody said shit. Mm. And nobody tripped out. Not a single white person was like, uh-oh. And then Eddie was like, now, you all would have lost your mind if I would have took Brooke Shields. Because you would have known he was busting her. Yeah. yeah you know, she would have got fucked at the end of the night. Yeah. That brought the house down. Yeah. But that was true. And he took Emmanuel Lewis to the fucking Oscar Awards, too. He had but Brooke Shields. But don't y'all think, like, him not really having a full childhood fucked them up? Like, yeah. like you're, you're a grown man and you still want to hang around and have fun and sleepovers with kids. And then I look at the parents. I'm just like, why would you? Take a man's money, a grown man's money, because he wants your kid to come over and sleep over. Like that tells me like something's not right. All right, look, look, look. You're right, Chantel. For the parent side, it's a little fucked up for sure. Mm -hmm. Now, do I do I believe that he didn't have a childhood and that's why he's all weird? No, fuck no, I don't believe that. You know what? There's a million motherfuckers I know that have no childhood and they ain't fucking kids. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Sorry, there's a lot of people out there that had tough upbringings, and you know what? They didn't get paid, and people didn't kiss their ass, and nobody went on again introducing to Diana Ross. Man, I would have loved to have met Diana Ross when I was Me growing too. up. Fucking, she was fine. But my point is, <laughs> I never, I, I, I don't believe that. I think that's a cover story. When you look at the FBI profile for what a pedophile is, one of the key characteristics of pedophiles it's not for sure but they all have this when they do those psychological profiles number one don't have normal relationships with adults okay yeah. number two they have a lot of age inappropriate shit around their house mm. Mm. like fucking carnival shit in the backyard mm. right mm. games pinball and shit mm. and then number three they seem to be focused on the beauty and the innocence of children. Mm. They're always fascinated by the innocence of children. And that's Michael Jackson to a T. So, no. Can I think somebody could be as talented as he is and be a pedophile? Yes. Yes, I can. Absolutely. Does it break my heart? To a certain extent, it does. Because I want to believe. I want to listen to Billy G, motherfucker. But he fucked it up. If yeah. I can't listen to Billy Jean now and not think like, you know, the kid's not my son. What the fuck is he talking about? Seriously. If you go back and look at it now, 
knowing what you know, you can see shit leaking through his art. Pretty young thing. Repeat after me. No, no. Young thing. He was talking about women. Hell to the no. He was not talking about no women. So I don't, I'm not trying to rehabilitate him. I, I'm, I'm saying for sure. And I don't think that his, I don't even believe he didn't have, I don't even know what a childhood is. You know what? Now you got me crazy, Chantel. I don't even know that it's even a thing to have a childhood. I don't, the other, the, the, the yeah, thing I mean, I'm say, well, yeah. yeah, but, and I will say this just because you guys brought that up. I, say, I don't know that, I don't know that you, I don't know that you necessarily come up with that. Mm-hmm completely on your own what i don't know that i i i'm not saying that exactly what he did was done to him Mm -hmm. if some weird sexual inappropriate things were done to him it could easily morph into what he was doing you know what what i'm saying like yeah i I think hurt people hurt people like the the weird shit happened to him and he did weird shit you're right you're right but i i'm gonna say this I'm going to say I'm not excusing it. I'm not either. I'm not saying that, but I'm going to add on to what you're saying, Steve, to the extent that, you know, human sexuality, right, has barely begun to be fully understood. Mm. Really, We're already since like 1940. All right. Adopting all these norms uh, and saying it's this, that and the other thing. And this is what's da, 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 da. And I'm saying that's just from then. And it's only like 2020. It's not that much time to really be sitting there thinking about it. But what I will tell you is if you go to Egyptian mythology, you go to Greek mythology, you look at a lot of there's a lot of incest between the gods. Yeah. And that's just and that was just accepted. Like that was like not that weird. So I think there's something weird going on with human sexuality in a sense like what is oedipus the story of a son who killed his father and fucked his mom we all know that mm-hmm. that story still endures and that story was talked about long before these quote-unquote norms that we're trying to set up now so what i'm saying is is like like what kind of you said steve which is like maybe there's been this weird thing that's been in there the whole time and i'm not saying it's okay mm-hmm. i'm not saying that i'm mm-hmm. saying also used to eat each other as cannibals all of us are cannibals but we don't practice that anymore right with potentially like these divisions with with are you saying are you special k special k has something to say about ancient roman pedophilia what i did not oh all right anyway so yeah i agree with you but i I think there's something deeper going on and and also his mother was a jehovah witness yeah i'm not all Jehovah yeah, Witnesses man. are bad, but I do know this from the legal perspective. There's a lot of lawsuits that involve Jehovah Witnesses and pedophilia and cover-ups. Because it's, it's like their whole way that they govern their congregation is kind of like a cult, but they don't want to be said that it's a cult. But the way that they dismiss you, if you don't follow their rules and their you know, things that they like, is very cult-ish. Because my mom became a Jehovah Witness, and I'm just like, I don't understand this stuff, so I can't come with you to none of these meetings. I can't, I can't do it. But one thing that I will never adopt as a norm is the fact that they're trying to push um, you being a, a, a adult being attracted to a child as a sex preference. I'm not with that shit. And there's a lot of people that's trying to push that as like a sex preference, and I'm not, I'm not with it. I'm not with really- it. I don't think it should be legitimized. Yeah, I agree with that. It shouldn't be legitimized. 
Uh, there's a lot of things that humans have done over time that we've decided as a community are not okay. Right. And I agree with that. That's wrong. Right. Right. You know, but you know, in Greece, they have, um, if you did any type of sexual uh, actions with a child, you, you, it's a disability. It's not like you go to jail. It's a disability. And they did that in 2012. Yeah, I did not know that. Wow. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, madness. so they're treating it as an ailment, like a yeah. mental illness. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I, that's crazy. That's, yeah. I, again, I'm going to say this. A hundred uh, humans are all descendant of cannibals. We all, our ancestors ate each other at one point, and as a group, we decide we're no longer going to do that, and we don't do it. That yeah. can be done. All the other things, including pedophilia if that was practiced somewhere in some ancient culture and you want to tell me about it okay but that doesn't mean it's okay now mm -hmm. fuck that kids mm -hmm. need to have a chance to grow and do their own thing and not be you know sort of inundated with some weirdos fucking ideas yeah i remember learning about that in the fifth grade the oregon trails i was like they was eating people the fuck <laughs> but yeah it was, it was crazy well, All right, so let's shift to the 90s movement. Um, <laughs> the scenes in the 90s, if y'all can remember, I call that the better time. I just think the 90s set the tone for now and, and still, but I don't think people today uh, respect it enough. So you have like um, the rave scene, you have hip hop, and I don't think these young artists today respect it enough to know where the hell it came from. And I, think, I think that's what made the music good at the time was the fact that you knew the history of the music. These kids don't know shit. Mm. What do you think, Steve? I, um, God, man, I think oh, she said a lot of good things. I think like my own experience as it ties to the 90s overall with what you're talking about I could I can put kind of put it like this like like okay uh, from rap music to apparel to maybe even some film mm -hmm. you have like these generations that kind of hand things down to the next generation yeah. right and then um, but in the nineties you didn't there was there was people doing things there was things happening and there was no pre there, it hadn't been done before. So you were building something that there was never, there wasn't something being handed down. There wasn't a, 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 somebody going before you and saying, hey, this is how this is done. There was nobody to copy, right? We were kind of building the ship. I think hip hop was building its own way. Gangster rap, there was no other gangster rap before the dudes that started gangster rap. Mm -hmm. There was, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's what's happening like, through the 90s, things were being developed that had not been developed yet. So you were going into uncharted areas. And it takes a lot of bravery to do that. Yeah. It takes ingenuity. It takes vision. It takes, and there was a lot of that in the 90s, I think. Today, you want to be a rapper, look at all the references you have to rap. What kind of rapper? In 1990, in 91... You were, there wasn't, there wasn't was a couple of things. It was uh, like, but you also had the space to create your own space and do your own thing. That's yeah. true. You know, so a lot of 
a lot of innovations when you think of music, when you think it, you know, um, it was a dangerous, I could tell you this much in Southern California, it was a dangerous time in Los Angeles for gangs. When was Tupac and, and Biggie? When were they killed? 90s, man. Yeah. Those were all the 96. Right. Yep. Um, a lot of like, it was on and cracking back then. And there were areas in Los Angeles that, um, it was just no joke, man. Like, yeah, a lot of people today that look and dress and, and pop off a certain way. And it just wasn't like that back then. Like, you just, there was less running. If you didn't want to be a part of it, man. You were nowhere around that shit. And you weren't trying to be in. Um, it, but it became a culture. And, and people now see it as that, you know. But it was definitely, you know. Hey, Special K, how old are you? 23. Okay, so 23. Um I would as do you hear this kind of criticism about rap music or just your generation's culture from older generations? Yeah, you, you people use uh, SoundCloud rappers as an insult, right? And yeah. what's your perspective on it? Because you're actually, you know, somewhat related to all that. I mean, you hear this shit. Does it, I mean, at some point, does it ever just get old? Where you're like, look, motherfucker, somebody told you the same thing. Now you're telling us this. Um, there is a legit uh, criticism. I mean, I I honestly think that. There's a lot of people that just kind of try to get on board and try to make money just by rapping. And I have had friends that do that decide they want to be rappers or whatever. And they kind of just come up with these like just recycled and used ideas. And to an extent, I mean, yeah, they're just kind of trying to make a quick buck. But can this become like mumble rapping or stuff like that? Can it become like an actual thing? Yeah, it could. But I don't like I don't see the appeal. And I guess it's just preferences, honestly. I mean, you know what, that, that, I'll tell you something, Chantal, that conversation can go a lot of different ways. I'm definitely not one of these guys that sits around sour, chewing on lemons. Ah, these fucking kids. I hate motherfuckers like that, to yeah. be honest. I don't even fuck with people like that. Yeah. There is still, uh, there's been creative and great music back then. I think there was a lot of it because there just wasn't so much of it out. Does that make sense? Yes. Mm-hmm. More room to create. Now, yes, there's a lot. Uh, it's saturated. There's a lot of garbage, I think. But there's still great rap music. There's just a ton of, like, I, I people like Meek Mill and J. Cole. And, like, man, these dudes are, like, and Mozzie. And there's, there's artists that are, dude, man, they're, 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 I would have loved them in 1992. I love them now. And that's because they respect the music of that time. My, my my issue is the ones that don't know shit that think like, oh, that's not a good person when you bring them up. And I'm just like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, you're right. It's two different t- people that really understand the art and have paid attention to it and learned it. And you know what I'm saying? Like uh, maybe a true artist or somebody like what he's talking about. Somebody who's coming in trying to make some money. They don't know anything, you know, yeah. so there's a lot of that out there. You know, and and we can also. It isn't like twenty years ago. Now you get to find out about a lot of garbage you don't even want to know about because of the internet. It's all over the place. Hello, and I'm just like, what is this? What is this that you're listening to? To the point of, by the time my kids get older, I want a completely new wave, so I don't have to listen to what I hear now because it doesn't give me any substance. So when I brought up the Cali seriousness segment. I wanted to talk about um, artists today, um, their respect to the culture and the music as far as 
the West Coast goes, do you think the West Coast is getting their respect as far as um, music and the culture right now? Hell yeah. Yeah. Can I... Yes. Can I be honest? Yeah, I mean... Yeah. By, by all means. Man. Man. <laughs> man. Come on, we are super honest. Look, man. Everybody is following us. Everybody's been following us. Everybody wants to be here from out here. Everybody wants to be on our shit. Everyone wants to be lowriders. Everybody wants tattoos. Everybody wants to be a gangster. Everybody wants to. Everybody wants all that shit, but you're not. So we are leading the way. We've been leading the way. Everybody copies California. And we are. We're driving the car on every level, whether it be food, content, music, style, fashion, everything, 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 everything. We lead the way. And I say and I say that because I I also was around early in the 90s when people weren't giving it up for L.A. People were giving it up over here, man. The, everything was New Yorked out. Everything was New York. But we just kept ourselves and did our shit. We had something that maybe everybody didn't understand. But slowly the tables have changed. And today we lead. So California culture leads on, on just, I just think we dominate. And that's the way I come at everything I do. That's the way when I go places, you're going to show respect. You're, you're jocking me because I'm from L.A. And that is the way. And I don't care. When I get to New York, when I go to Florida, when I go to Chicago, everybody's on me because I'm from L.A. And in some way or another, they're trying to mimic what I did and what I do. Mm-hmm. So we, we, we run shit. And that's globally, man. The whole world is looking at us. And um, it's because we're fucking cool. You know, we, we, we are innovators. We are progressive. We create shit. We don't, it's not that hard for us to do. So, um, you know, excuse me for sounding really arrogant, but that, you know, that's how I feel about California. We always been leading it. And just now in the last 20 years, people found out about it, but we've always, always, man, been on point on all this shit, man. We do things people just can't do in the rest of the world. Right. Listen, I, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. Big Tiny, you agree with that? I agree with that, but I'm going to add just a little different. No, you're not going to add anything. Next question. No, I'm adding. I'm going to add something because I think it's important to point yes, out. Please, please, Jamar, please. When Big Luck says that LA, you know, is leading the way and all that stuff, it's absolutely true. And I think one of the things that makes it that way is that some of the best and the brightest from other parts of the world have come to LA. Mm. Okay. When you are in LA, you meet homegrown LA folk like big like big Lux, right? But you also meet a lot of different talented artists from around the world that wanted to come and live in LA. They wanted to create their dream in LA. And it's a real important thing to understand that. When you come to L.A. because of Hollywood, because of the music scene, because of in San Francisco and 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 Stanford, because of the digital scene and all that stuff. 
you're you're not just competing against the people that are from California, but you're starting to compete against people who came to California because they didn't want to live where they were at. Yeah. Oh, fucking Poland, fucking Cleveland. I mean, no disrespect, but the truth of the matter is, is that the best and the brightest get yanked out to California because of the lifestyle that we've got out there. So while at the same time, got to a certain extent yes la is leading the way but partially it's because some of the best people from the around the world decided to move there to build their dreams and that's the goddamn truth i don't care what anybody says the hippie movement in part it was brought by the germans believe it or not germany right the not the the fascist style but the germans that moved to california in the early days like in the 40s Heim is a fucking German town. Why? Heim. It was two musicians, German musicians, okay, who wanted to make grapes uh, so they could make wine, and they did back in the 20s. And Anaheim, the Heim means home in German, Anna from Santa Ana River, they combine it. And that's what you get in California. You get the best and the brightest from around the world with the best and the brightest in California, and they mix something together that you can't get anywhere else and the west coast is the most coast because all of that old world influence from europe mm-hmm. right london yeah, fucking yeah. france and i'm not totally against those places mm-hmm. they got their high points yeah. but that shit gets shaved away by the time they moved to california. to california yeah we don't have that's different you don't have that the East Coast has all its great things, but you have that. I really, I'm glad you said that, Juan. It's true, man. Even the name California itself, no one's 100% clear like how that came to be a name. That some people say that it's from a medieval novel from the Queen Khalifa. Some people think it's Muslim because Khalifa, but they're not 100% sure. They just know it's a brand new word. California is a brand new word. It's an entire fucking state. American Indian history, Spanish history, American history combined, and you got a state that's got a name that's a new fucking word, a bon mot, as the French would call it. So think about that in terms of what that means for dreaming. Why did Elon Musk from South Africa via Canada come to California to build SpaceX? Why did he do it? Why did Walt Disney come to fucking California to build Disneyland? Why the fuck did he do it? Mm-hmm. Why the fuck? It's like that. Why is Stanford the epicenter? Why is Google? Why is Yahoo? Well, they're not anything. Anymore. McDonald's. Google, McDonald's, all of these things. Uh, why are they in California? Why is, why, why? And I partially think it's because in our state, we have the most open-minded way to go. And it pushes some people out. Some people are like, this is too fucking crazy. I'm not going to yeah. do them. You're driving, yeah, you're driving, you're driving electric cars with lettuce wheels. I'm not fucking, that's just, fuck it. I'm not right. dealing with it. I'm out. So, yeah. okay. We, we have a couple of guests, Chantel, that are already, we're going to have to, I think, wrap up soon, if that's okay with yeah, you. That- I mean, that's the end of it. Anything else y'all want to plug in or tell these people where to find y'all? Yeah. Hardluckshow.com. 
IG Hard Luck Show. The uh, Hard Luck Show. The Hard Luck Show. Um, Chumahan uh, underscore. You can hit me up. Steve, what's your Big IG? Luck 17. Big Luck 17. You can hit him up. Sean Allen Lewis. He's a socially awkward guy. So please uh, <laughs> him and ask him a lot of personal questions. Um, uh, we'll plug in uh, Hard to Kill. Mm-hmm. We'll plug in Supermax, the clothing brand. Supermax.com. We're plugging Westlos, the documentary. Yes. We're plugging cookies. We're plugging vibes and uh, Enzo's Pizzeria. Right. And uh, Ovando Bowen, LLP. I wear braids to court. Let the tomahawks fly. Yes. Thank you for having us on your show. Yes, that's how it was. You are. Come out to Cali. We're going to give you the big tour. Yeah, we're going to take care of you. We got and then we're, then we're going to Georgia, and you're going to take us all around. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah. Man, thank y'all for coming through and showing some West Coast uh, appreciation. I appreciate y'all. God bless Georgia. I, I love the South. That's the truth. <laughs> wow.